culture that is full of grace and that handles things with maturity, then, nobody, then we're just going to continue to be fake and nobody's ever going to grow because that's not an environment that is healthy for people to confess and pray and work through their issues together. So what do we do about it? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some of the fears and concerns that we have um, are, are, maybe, are maybe legit. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes the reason why we don't confess and open up is because we have done that before and we have gotten so burned and so hurt. And so I'm not saying it's, it's legit, like it's okay and you just kind of wallow in that, but I think that there are, some, like, there are some legitimate reasons why we are a little bit gun-shy. And what's cool is like we need to be healed of that too. We need to be healed of, of those um, bad experiences with other believers, just like we need to be healed of the, the guilt and shame of our mistakes and all that kind of stuff. So as we're moving forward, let's, let's lump those hurts and stuff like that in with the other things that we're dealing with. Because maybe that's the core issue that's been holding you back the most. And so we're moving forward. Some of those things are legit, but you know what? Their legitimacy has a definite stopping point, and this is why. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And here's the verse that just punches them in the gut. Because that's like, you know, like when people are like, yeah, amen, brother, let's amen him. And then he says this, and such were some of you. And such were some of you. It hurts. It had to hurt his readers. Because what one thing that that's doing is that is... is is it is leveling the playing field. That when you look across this room or any gathering of believers, there's this, this like really like twisted mindset that we have where we try, to like, we try to put different people on different levels. And we say, well, these people are super spiritual and whatever, and then like these people are obviously uh, you know, heathens or whatever. And they're like, I'm kind of lurking like somewhere in here in between them, and I hope to one day be as good as this person or as holy as this person or whatever. We live in a culture that is constantly sizing people up. VH1 makes a lot of money because that is the way our culture exists, don't they? They do. I watch it, trust me. Um, all those shows that are on there, they are built around the fact that, that we judge each other, we size each other up, and we will do anything to stab somebody in the back so that we can then jump over them or whatever. And we love to see people who we think are better than us fail because it helps level things out or whatever. And we do that within the church as well. We, we kind of rank ourselves. And maybe we don't ever go as far as to really like make a chart, which I hope that you don't because that would be weird. But, but I think maybe subconsciously 
we have this, this really bad sin of comparison with each other. And what Paul is doing is he lay, lays out all these things that everybody, all these religious types were probably like, yes, yes, none of those people are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, and, and some of you just like them. He levels the, the playing field. Look at the next verse. Or look at verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, before Christ, we all had the same bullseye on us, which was the wrath of God, because we were the carriers of sin. But we were washed, we were sanctified, we were justified by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. The playing field was level before, the playing field is level now. There's no such thing as a file and rank and order in the kingdom of God. You are not any better than anybody else, and you're not any worse than anybody else. So what does this, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? We have every single reason to confess our sins and to pray for each other so that we can be healed. We create all kind of reasons to not. And we're paranoid and we're worried about things getting out and, and you know, you're worried about ending up, you know, as um, gossip in some other circle or whatever, ending up as a prayer request, you know, or whatever. Um, those fears have a definite ending point. They can only go so far. And this truth that we are all in the same boat, that is where that lie ends and the truth of God picks up. And when we look across this room, we have every reason to be able to walk up to a microphone and confess our sin because there's nobody, in the, nobody here can judge. I'll, I'll, I should be able to say whatever and not worry about you judging me because you're in my boat as well. But if I'm believing the lie that, that some of you are better than me and that I'm better than some of you, that I fall somewhere in the middle, then I'm not going to do that. But I have every reason to do that. And it's not because of how awesome our church is. I believe our church is awesome. But it's because we were washed and we were sanctified and we were justified by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. It is because of, of Him that I can do that, that I would have every right to do that, and I have every reason to feel comfortable doing that. And I have to refuse to let my fears of what you might think about me control what I do. So I should be able to do that corporately if that is what I'm feeling led to do. I'm not saying charge the stage and demand the mic because you got something weird to confess. Um, we don't have a procedure for that, but I can tell you right now the procedure for that is no. Um, so just don't don't get any that's not where I'm going okay um, like don't don't let that dwell too much um, I don't even know why I said that I just had this vision of I've had people walk up before and be like I need to say something and I'm like uh elders <laughs> um, 
here's the thing. We have to remember that, that this is our reality, that these verses, that this is reality. And we have to intentionally choose to live in reality. And so what that's going to require is that's going to require us to man up and prove this truth. Not saying it needs to happen corporately. Maybe it needs to happen between you and your best friend that you trust with your life. Or maybe you and two or three of, of the people that you just know would take a bullet for you. Maybe your community group is ready for some of that. Maybe it needs to happen between husbands and wives. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but it's got, it needs to be happening. The, it, the context isn't important. The, it needs to be happening among us. And the more that it happens, the, the more, um, and the more success, quote-unquote, we have because it's empowered by Jesus, the more comfortable that's going to become. Now, I was thinking about this the other day, too. Um, I, you know, all right, so, so we're moving ahead, and let's say that, that I, um, let's say that, that I'm in a position and I need to confess something and I need prayer, and so... Um, I need the people that I tell to have an abundance of grace and have an incredible amount of maturity to know how to handle this. So, okay, so what do, what do I bring to the table? Here's another thing I think as we're moving forward. Um, here's here's what, what I think we have to bring. Um, you, have, you have, in the Old Testament, you have David and you have Saul, okay? Um, both of them called to incredible things. Um, both of them had someone um, calling them out. So David had Nathan, who like, just like, busted him about his sin with, with Bathsheba. And Saul had Samuel, who was just busting on him about you know, the mistakes he was making or whatever. David, he's in the path of redemption and like, reconciliation and just whatever. And Saul lost the kingdom, went crazy, and killed himself. So, okay, what was the difference? Um, they both had people speaking truth to them. What was it that... What was different about what Saul brought to the table than what David brought to the table? You know what it is? I think it's that David was just, he was teachable. There's enough humility and enough teachability there to be corrected about something. And I don't know how many of us maybe bring that to the table, especially if you've been around the Christian faith for a long time. We kind of get in this mindset that we kind of know everything that we've heard everything before, that every sermon that comes up, we know where he's going with it, you know, except for me, because I'm like, all random. Um, but, but we kind of, in this moment, where we're like, no, no, I know this, I know this. Why, why, why confess to these guys? Because I know what they're going to tell me, because it's what I would tell them, and, you know, whatever. But the teachability comes in stepping out in faith and being like, for some reason, the Lord wants us to confess things to other people. Believing that there is a purpose in, in the act of confession. That confession is not necessarily just about like getting something off of our checklist, but that the Lord does something inside of us as we do that. And so if I'm teachable and I confess things to my friends and they are gracious and they handle it with maturity and we pray together and there's accountability and everything is good, you know what's going to happen the next time I really feel I need to do that? I'm going to be... I'm not going to be gun-shy at all about opening up to these people. And God begins to replace bad experiences with good experiences. But what we have to do is we have to all be on the same page. We have to all of us say, like, all right, I'm ready. To, I'm, ready. I'm bringing all the grace uh, that Jesus has, and I'm ready to be mature about this. We, everybody has to agree to that 
which is hard. And I've said this before, it's almost like, like everybody's in like a big circle, we're all like, all like spread apart, and it's like um, everybody, decide, everybody agrees to take one step in. And so if everybody takes one step in, everybody's a little closer, there's a little more unity, but it's not so much that we're overwhelmed and freaked out. And then as a church, we take another step in. See, Thursday is our third birthday as a church. And I like to think that, like, little by little, we've been taking baby steps closer and closer and closer. And I think this is a part of what the next steps will involve with us. It's getting more to the point where we're open with each other, where we confess things to each other, and where we respond with grace and maturity to pray and to encourage there to be accountability there. So that's the role that the, our community plays in our growth. We've got to be pushing each other forward and not holding each other back. And so if, if other Christians are the things that, or one of the things that's holding you back, it's not guilt, it's not fear, it's not whatever, it's other people, then that now becomes the core issue that you have to deal with. I think all of us have to be ready not only to take those steps, but to receive those who are, are taking them themselves. Turn to 1 John chapter 1 as, we, as I close with this. Verse John is almost at the end of the Bible. First John chapter 1 verse 5. Because this is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. All kind of imagery, darkness, light, truth, lies. When it says, when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And I think that's really what the last couple weeks have been about. It's about the things that are, have been in the dark and about bringing them into the light. Like I said earlier, it doesn't matter the fact that we have a great church with great people and things are going well and all this kind of stuff. That's not why we need to bring things into the light. We need to bring things to light because of the goodness of our God. Because of what Jesus has done, we have every reason to be open and to pray, and to expect change, and to move forward, and to shake off guilt, and fear, and whatever holds us back. We have every reason to, not because of us, but only because of Him. And I don't know where this meets you tonight. It might not. You might be like, okay, uh, this, this did me no good. Okay, well then afterwards we'll have confession open mic time, and we'll see if that's you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know how it fits into your life, but if, you, if, if confession and prayer, if this is not a regular part of where you are, 
then you need to pray that God gets you there because that's, that's a part of where we're going. That's a part of where he's bringing us. It's nothing new, it's just something really old. Here's the thing, if you, if you step forward in obedience because of the awesomeness of the people around you, you're going you're gonna to fail. If you step forward in obedience because of the awesomeness of our Savior, then you're, you, you cannot lose. Let, let's pray. Lord, we love you, and um, we thank you that we have so many reasons to uh, celebrate and be confident. We're so glad it's not, it, has nothing, it has nothing to do with us, because that is, uh, that's never good. So God, help us just to, to base our obedience on you, not on each other, and not on our feelings and not on whatever. But will you be the centerpiece of everything we do? So God, help us um, help us to bring that grace and that maturity that it takes. God, so that those close to us will feel comfortable coming to us God, that we can handle this growth process in the right ways. God, help us to, um, to be responsible in everyone else's growth process and then help us be courageous in our own. We cannot do it by ourselves. We thank you that you have set us up to succeed in this. And we have nothing to fear. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all stand up.